Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the show. I have briefly mentioned the book that I have been working on called The Brave Encourager. This episode, I actually want to talk about the behind the scenes with the book and share the passion behind changing the world by the power of encouragement. We can get so focused on what we see in front of our eyes that we don't have the emotional energy or the heart to give an encouraging word to others. We can even go to why try or who cares? Or even some of us are still in wounds that we have experienced from pain or hurt or even giving an encouraging word to someone that wasn't received very well. No matter what our hang-up is, encouragement can often get forgotten. But it's one of the most simple and powerful forms of transformation in ourselves and the world around us. I'm going to tell the story of how this book was written I will integrate some personal stories, dreams, and encouraging words. So come into my heart, into God's heart, into the heart of your brave self in this powerful podcast today. Last week on Monday, the episode was called Exhaustion from Extra Baggage We Care Around. I dove into four reasons why we don't slow down to be still and slow down so the power of God can work within us. And on Thursday, I had on an amazing couple, Steve and Risa Dominguez, who operate in the supernatural lifestyle all the time. They share how Steve overcame depression and how they dug a well in the spirit and now have freedom sessions with people who are stuck and need to be free. They even share stories of how people they have prayed for have literally gotten set free in one session with them. And it's not because of them, but it's because of their radical submission to the power of God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into the show, into the home, the car, gym, or wherever the listener is at right now. I thank you, Jesus, that you show us the heart of the Father. I pray for the listeners right now to experience your presence, your love, your peace, and your power. I pray that this episode will unlock a hunger in the listener to encourage their self and others. I pray for a boldness to come over them, to be who you called them to be, and bring life to those around them. I also pray for dreams and desires to be unlocked as you awaken dead or lifeless passions. Awaken the giant inside each of the listeners. Thank you for the honor to be able to speak in this podcast. And I ask that you guide my words for the listeners. Anything I say that is not encouraging, I pray they let that go. And that anything that is powerful transforms their day and their soul. In your powerful name, Jesus Christ, amen. A couple of years ago, I had an idea for a couple of books that I felt God had downloaded to me. I know people have said that, like, oh, God gave this to me. But when I say downloaded, it was like I saw an outline in my head that I needed to get down on paper. At the time, I did not really know that's from God, but I've learned now when things come really easy and it's quick or you see an image like that, 
God is doing something and he's on the move. One of the books that I had an idea about was about encouragement. I saw the name The Brave Encourager with the tagline, How the Power of Encouragement Can Change the World. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He gave this to me. This was not from me. When I was in fourth grade, I had a little book business with a friend of mine, and we would make books, create book orders, and take orders from our friends and family. So I personally have always had a desire to write a book, but didn't necessarily think I had it in me or the talent to write. I have had teachers in the past write all over my papers because it needed a lot more work. Over the course of a couple years and my journey of learning more about God and really who I am in Christ, I received a few encouraging and also prophetic words that I am an author. I went to a conference in Redding, California called Open Heavens in 2019, and one woman I know from a ministry that I'm a part of came up to me and said, you are an author. I see books in you. Wow, thank you, Jesus, for this encouragement. I also had a dream where all I heard was, same message, different pen, which to me is gonna is a message that can squash the lie that there's too many books, you don't need to write another book. So I started to believe that it was possible to do this. Like many of you, when you have a dream, you can squash it with your own mind and thinks. Like, someone else can do it, or I'm not qualified. There are too many books out there. Who needs another book? These lies can limit us and can stop us from walking out passions and desires that God put in there for a reason. See, if any of you want to write a book, that means you have a book in you. It means God put that desire in there and he wants you to write it. The fact that there are many books out there doesn't matter. It's between you and God, and He is who matters. We need to focus on Him and our intimacy and love for Him, not others. Another comment that has stayed with me and kept me small was a comment I heard from someone that people in ministry just want to write their own books and make money. This person's desire in saying this was pointing the finger that people have had bad intentions and he doesn't trust their motives and thinks they shouldn't do what they're doing. Now this actually was one of the births and part of my book idea. This comment squashes a lot of things. One was a dream of mine to actually write a book. If I listen to this guy's comments, he's basically saying that I want to write a book because I want to make money. Now, I don't need to defend myself here if I actually do have a desire from God. If God gave me the idea, there's nothing to defend. My heart is pure. But another seed idea from this guy's comments is that if what he was doing was pointing out dirt in others and throwing that dirt out instead of pulling the gold. It's not our job to judge. That is God's job. It's our job to love, to be a vessel. We are to love unconditionally, without judgment, even if people are doing things we don't like. See, when we encourage others, the Jesus in them grows. For example, let's say someone does start a ministry to write a book to make money. That Let's just say they have bad motives. If we encourage them and speak the life we see in them, those negative motives will actually decrease and the God motives will increase. If we speak death over them, 
those death motives will increase and their desire to make money off ministry deals will increase and their intimacy and secret time with the Lord will decrease or won't even ever happen. I want to give you a non-ministry example. This is actually an example that I've used in the book. Let's say that you are a mother of a son who's like 19 or 20 and struggling to move forward with his life. He tried college, but it was a bit tough and emotionally hard, but he doesn't have the words to describe his own mental health, so he just starts using drugs and alcohol to cope. This creates a world that he thinks is okay because he's surrounded by friends who also do the same. Very little people around him are talking about their emotions in a healthy way and introducing healing through the word of God or praying. The non-encouraging parents, mother, guardian, would be very frustrated with this boy. Well, actually, any parent would, and I don't blame you for being frustrated. Side note on feelings. It's okay to be frustrated. You get to feel your feelings. However, in this episode, I'm talking about encouragement. (laughs) All right, so the mother here in this example would spend a lot of time being stressed out and worried about her son. Maybe she'd even bring this up in her Bible study and she'd ask people to pray for him to get a job and quit being lazy. The dad may yell at his son to get a job and even tell him that he's lazy. He's actually being lazy because he's not helping around the house. He does not have a job and he's literally doing whatever he wants to do. When we do this and then other people around you point out the dirt in the situation, you get worse. This son believes I am no good. I am not worthy. So he just continues to keep doing what he's doing and using drugs and alcohol, continuing to be lazy, not try to find a job, and not feel worthy about himself. Think about times in your life where you were struggling with something and also not really making the best choices. It could even be right now with some things, like perhaps you're doing really great at work, but struggling at home. Or you're doing great at home, but struggling at work. And you keep ragging on yourself to get it together. And you keep pointing out the dirt in yourself. How is that working? How does it seem to be working with the boy in my example? It's not. In fact, it's actually a cancer and it's toxic. This is one of the ways that the enemy attacks us and gets us to shrink and become smaller and hang out with him instead of what God wants. If we flip this situation and we take the boy struggling and living at home without a job and his parents encourage him with boundaries, it looks a lot different. The parents can go both give the boy boundaries with getting a job, which is healthy parenting. They can tell him they believe in him. They can tell him he has a month to find a job that is at least 20 hours a week and that he needs to schedule an appointment with the pastor or a counselor. He needs to talk about the difficulties he's had at school. They don't tell him he's lazy. They both invite him to do things with them, like go for coffee, out for dinner, rake the yard. They get family involved and have aunts or uncles have him help with projects that they have in their own home. They spend time with him. They speak life into him. They speak Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future neighbors have him help them with chores for their pets. They give him encouragement and feedback for the work that he's doing. He's accomplishing things. He starts doing things that give him satisfaction, confidence, hope, and maybe even making some money. He may still be hanging out with the friends 
that his parents don't approve of and maybe still not making the greatest of choices. But if you pay attention, those negative choices are decreasing and there's less and less of them over time. He starts to make new friends by volunteering that he started to do with a neighbor. He got connected to a good pastor at church and was asking to help out with the youth group. They saw leadership skills in him. It did not change overnight and it was not easy, but encouragement and boundaries is what can bring change. Not pointing out the obvious bad behavior. Not being realistic and factual, which is what we often can do. We sometimes think encouragement is like pie in the sky, and that's not what it is. What are you doing that is pointing out dirt in yourself or others? What are you doing that is discouraging because it just seems like reality? We can do this so often and not even realize that we're doing it. We need to pull the gold and speak life into others and ourselves. This is essentially what the book, The Brave Encourager, is about. I wrote it because I'm passionate to see a movement, to see change. Right now, in the times that we are in, we need it. I remember speaking to a local business here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, and one guy in the audience, the manager of a retail division, looked exhausted. He didn't seem to believe in himself. I told him that I see that he's an excellent manager and really cares for his employees. He kind of dismissed me like, what the heck do you know? I asked him if he had dreams. His eyes got a little big, and I said something about those dreams becoming a reality and that he's very talented. Honestly, I don't remember the details, but I remember afterwards the look of kind of shock in his face, and it was as if he was thinking, maybe, maybe I am something. Maybe these dreams are real. We don't pull the gold enough and tell people they are amazing enough. We don't need to do that much heavy lifting. Just don't speak dirt. When you are even remotely close, people run with it. This guy I was talking to maybe didn't have dreams, but what I said sparked something in him and lit a fire to start believing and growing a seed that was already planted. God puts desires in us that we want to grow, but don't always know how to. It's why we need to encourage each other and water those seeds. Tell us that we're amazing and that we can conquer the world. I had a cousin tell me when I was a little girl that she could see me being president someday. Now, I don't really want to be president, but the fact that she believed in me that much to say that, I started to believe that I could be something. She saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and I started to believe. There are so many people who have a dream to write a book. If that's you, God gave you that dream. You need to write it. Don't believe the lie that there are too many of them. You have an audience that others don't have, just like I do. You will reach people differently than I will, or your friends, your pastor, or some other author. We are all each unique and different, and God needs us all to speak up. However, actually sitting down and writing a book is a bit tough. (laughs) I knew I couldn't do it on my own, so I actually hired a book coach. Her name is Marcy, and she is incredible. She told me that in 13 weeks, I would have a book written. I was sold. Okay, let's do it. 
<laughs> so the first thing she had me do was write an outline. She had me do kind of like a mind map where you have the main idea and you pull out of that the other ideas and then ideas from those. I had already had my download that I had a few years ago, so I just took it from that. I wrote it on a big piece of poster board. More ideas came and some of them changed. After that, I took all those points and some points and compiled it into a Word doc. This was my outline. Now, Marcy told me that each point was a chapter and each subpoint is sections in the chapter. So now you just write your book from your outline. It was like I had these little sections to write instead of this big old stressful book that I wasn't sure of. So I began. I did not have the time. With three little kids and a business, I did not have the time. But guess what? I created it and I took like an hour, five days a week. I couldn't do very many hours together, but I made sure to get up early some mornings and write then. I know some people who write Christian books and can get stressed because they want to write in the glory or feel the anointing, which is basically God's presence moving through your hands. What I would say about this, and I learned this from others, is that sometimes you will write in the glory and with anointing, and sometimes you just need to write from your own gifting. If you keep waiting, the book will never get done. If God gave you an idea, he will help you write it. If you don't feel like it, that's okay. Start, and eventually when you get to your feel like it will shift. Or else, you just have sections that you might have to edit later. Big deal. The best advice Marcy gave me was to keep writing. So I did. And 13 weeks later, I had a book that was almost completed. I did about a chapter a week. I have a friend who knows Dave Hollis, and she sent me a video encouragement from him. And what I remember about the encouragement he gave was, it's your first book. It's okay. And he has written quite a bit of books, and he basically just kind of said just let it go and just be relaxed about it and not be so stressed out about having it to be perfect and that you'll write more books. It will not be perfect. You will not get everything right and that's okay. What surprised me most about writing a book was the identity work that I have gone through and still am going through. I don't see myself as an author. I don't see myself as a good writer and I, this is still happening right now. But God, God gave me the idea, and it's not my book, it's his. His grace allowed me to write it, and he has shown me that, yes, indeed, I am an author, because he says I am, not by what the world says. I was learning from my own writing, and I need encouragement myself. Earlier this year, I was at a Greater Things conference in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I got an encouraging prophetic word from a pastor from Upper Room, Dallas. He did not know me. He asked if I was a writer. He told me that God is on my book. He said, there's a lot of fruit. The presence of the Lord is in my book. He said he sees signs, wonders, and miracles, the fire of God. He said, what is on me is big. God is on it. The Lord is backing me. The Lord will back me up. He said that he sees me saying yes to God. He then said, quit putting emphasis on other things and focus on Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Revelations 19.10 says, For this testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So this word I just shared 
is for you if you felt something moving in you as I shared it. God doesn't just move for me because I'm special and unique. He moves for all of us in our unique timing and talents. If you felt God's presence or if you desire that word, you don't even have to feel anything. Just receive it. Say, I receive it, Lord. This also means we need to quit putting emphasis on other things and focus on Jesus. I pray for the grace for you and myself to focus on Jesus and not other things. Give us discernment and wisdom. I had other encouraging and prophetic words along the way for writing this book. After the completion of it, I then needed to get it edited and designed. I first hired a developmental editor. Not everyone does this, but since it was my first book, I knew that I would learn from this experience. A developmental editor helps you to kind of shift the structure and format. For example, some sections didn't make sense where they were or needed to be taken out completely. After that, I got a regular editor who also puts the book together in a format, so kind of designs it. So you also need to get someone that helps design the book cover, so that was another step. I also got endorsements from people who I shared an early copy with and had someone write a foreword for the book. Not everyone does that step, but I like reading them in other people's books, and I think it helps with people trusting your work. It also helps to encourage me. Here's one of the endorsements that I got from the book from Angela Greenig with Angela Greenig Ministries. If we've ever needed this type of book, it's now. To be brave in the midst of so much chaos and confusion, Heidi brings clarity, revelation, and really basic steps on how to overcome the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You will be encouraged and excited. You'll recognize things perhaps about yourself or others that you'll be able to direct them to get the help they need, or you'll be able to do it for them. Either way, this is a great book currently right now, I am at the end of the editing process and I'm moving forward with the final proofread. We are finishing up the edits on the back cover copy and the front cover. I'm also working on the details with trying to get a pre-order option, but I'm finding it's not available for self-publishing on Amazon. I'm also updating my website with information and even thinking about having products like a mug or a t-shirt that says be brave or some other encouraging comment. I have social media page that I have to promote. I have never done this before. All of this is really new, and honestly, I'm pretty vulnerable right now. I have friends that are praying with me, and I would ask the same from you listeners. I'm asking for your encouragement and your prayers. This is vulnerable for me to ask, especially that I'm an expert. That is a joke. (laughs) I am a child of God just like all of you. The world sees expert. God sees that I'm just his little girl. I have received positive feedback about this podcast and people will say, keep doing what you're doing. And it means a lot to me. Have you ever done something new where you are kind of squirmy because you really don't know how it will turn out? Well, God wants you to do this. He wants us to take these new steps and create. He needs us to do this. Right now is a time of creation in the world. It's how the kingdom of God works. I wanted to do this podcast episode to give you a little insight into the how-tos and the little intro inside the actual book. This is God's book, not mine. I just authored it. Honestly, I would prefer to just sit back and read other people's books because I love to read. I don't necessarily really want to do this even though it has been a dream. Doesn't that sound kind of crazy? I have a dream, but now that it's right in front of me, I'm scared. That's okay. That's how he stretches us. 
we need to let ourselves feel the feelings. Often as Christians, we think that everything has to feel good or be positive. If we don't reach the end of ourselves and grow, we can't see really what God can do. Yes, it feels scary, but he is with us. Hebrews 13.5 says God never leaves us or forsakes us. He's with us every step of the way. We just have to get ourselves out of the way and yield to what he wants to do through us. In summary, the book is about the power of encouragement. I talk about my personal story and times when I mess things up by thinking that I'm encouraging, but I'm either voicing my opinion or shoving my thoughts down people's throats. (laughs) I share into God's heart of encouragement and how to unlock the brave encourager within you, how we can keep up walls from hurt we've experienced and continue to hurt people hurt people without even realizing that we are. I share what encouragement is and what it's not. I share how to encourage, like, you are amazing, or you are such a good parent. Um, I share what pulling the gold is, like, you could be president or CEO of a company, you are so good at leading, and I, I share some of these examples. I share who we need to encourage, and if you are married, that your spouse is the most important to encourage, and often the last to receive it. I share why encouragement is important and how to keep yourself encouraged when you get tired. I have a whole chapter on stories of encouragement from other people. Throughout the book, I weave in stories where I was encouraged, and I was encouraging, and also not encouraging, and other examples. In a world where we have been tired, drained, and exhausted from the information in the news, sicknesses, and different opinions, I think it's perfect timing for a book like this. It's an honor to have written it, and I look forward to continuing to talk about it and see the power of encouragement spread. I would love your support with one, buying the book, reading the book, sharing it with others, writing reviews, and even letting me know about speaking engagements and book signings. If you want to get yourself a copy, it will be coming out early January. Please follow me on social media and check out my website to hear updates about it. We need encouragement from others and we need to give it out. It's the way God designed us. Acts 21 says, When the uproar ended, Paul sent for the disciples and, after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. We are more prepared and filled when we give and receive encouragement. We can do more than we ever thought or imagined. God comes in and expands us. So Lord, I pray for the listeners right now to be more of who they are meant to be. I pray for the grace to be real, authentic, and vulnerable. I pray for a radical movement of encouragement to be set forth in the listeners and in the world. I pray for the listeners to have opportunities to bring encouragement to others and for them to receive it. You are amazing. You are smart. You are brave. You are a champion. You are a good friend. You are a good parent. I thank you, Lord, for unlocking dead dreams and bringing God dreams to life. I pray for God's grace, for an abundant life, and for courage. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. I want you now, over this next week, is to look for opportunities to encourage Ask the Holy Spirit what to say and speak what you hear. If you don't hear anything, just say something small like, I appreciate you, or you are so valuable. 
Stop looking for the dirt and start looking and speaking the gold. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.